there is a direct relationship between how confident you feel about yourself and how easy it is to be assertive in a professional setting. Confidence and your voice are like muscles, no matter what your starting point is, no matter whether you're genetically gifted or not, you can get stronger. Assertiveness, what it really is, is an exercise in collaboration amidst unfavorable circumstances. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If you've been here a while, thanks for sticking around all this time. And if you're new, welcome to this show and welcome to this community. I created this show for professional women in the nine to five space. When I was in my nine to five career, I saw this massive gap out there and I could not find any sort of professional development content that felt relatable and helpful to me. Everything that I was finding felt like it wasn't for me. It felt like it was for women who already had a baseline of success and confidence. And so it almost made me feel worse because the things that I was struggling with, my confidence, finding my voice, none of that stuff was being talked about and acknowledged. And I also honestly found a lot of it to be very condescending and like very talking down to me. And I wanted a space where I could feel nurtured and I wanted a space that felt warm and encouraging because that's really what I needed at that time to believe in myself. And I never found that. And so as my nine to five career evolved and as I worked through some of my struggles with confidence and my struggles finding my voice, I realized that if I could not find that and if that didn't exist for me, there might be other women out there who might be having similar struggles that I was having and who might be thinking what I was thinking at the time, which is, am I the only one? Am I broken? Am I crazy? Is my career going to feel so hard and stuck forever? And it was really important for me to bring some of my stories out to the surface through this podcast to share other women's stories and to really talk about some of the real, actual issues that we struggle with and go through in our careers as opposed to talking about things like very surface level and not talking about what's really happening. For me, it was just very alienating to have that surface level discussion. And I'm someone where when I talk about things, I just like to go deep. I like to get straight to the heart of it. And that's what I do on this show. And today, I'm going to be going deep into the topic of assertiveness and deep into the relationship between assertiveness and inner insecurities in the nine to five space. And for those of you who are new here, I forgot to mention this. I'm no longer in the nine to five space. So I used to work at really big, fancy companies. I had a very successful career. And now I am a full-time host of this podcast and a full-time leadership and career coach for ambitious women who are trying to find confidence and find their voice and build super successful careers that they feel really proud of. 
That is my mission. I get fired up by the idea of helping women rise up into leadership positions and helping them realize their full potential, especially women who are like I was, who did have a lot of potential, but also a lot of struggles and fears and insecurities. That is my jam. So today I'm diving into assertiveness and I had so much to say about assertiveness and it's such a complicated topic that I decided to split today's episode into two separate episodes. And there's for sure going to be more episodes on this because there's so much to say here, but I'm going to try to cover some of the basic foundational pieces of assertiveness that will hopefully help you understand why it might feel really hard for you and give you a very simple framework and toolkit that you can begin using and practicing to help cultivate a more assertive voice at work. Being assertive and being able to defend your work and push back and be in higher pressure conversations and be challenged by people. I know it can feel very hard and very scary and very uncomfortable, but it's also a really, really super important leadership skill. And it's one that when you develop it, you will feel so much more confident in yourself knowing that you're not going to crumble or feel horrible inside or totally spiral down if someone challenges you or if you get pushback or if you get critical feedback when you're in a meeting or in a conversation. So I'm looking forward to breaking this down for you. And before I dive in, I want to let you know that this week, my signature group program, the Art of Speaking Up Academy, is officially open for enrollment. If you've been tuning into recent episodes, you've probably heard me talk about the Academy. It is a six-month program where you will spend six months with me and an intimate group of women mastering the art of speaking up. And for me, the art of speaking up really has two components to it. And these two components are what make up the content and what you will be learning inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. The two components are the foundational communication skills that you need to really command a room in a nine to five or a corporate setting and the inner work and the inner confidence and the way that you need to be able to feel inside in order to bring those skills to the surface. When you have the skills and you know what words to use and you know how to navigate conversations and speak really, really clearly And when you know how to navigate your fears and insecurities and grow your confidence, you have the magic combination to show up as a true leader in the meeting room. And my goal for this program is not just to help you learn to communicate, but really to help you elevate your communication skills to a best-in-class level. I spent a lot of time in my career in the room with executives, including executives in the C-suite and CEOs. and Through that, I really learned what it takes, not just to make a really powerful impression in a meeting room, but also how to navigate the fears and insecurities and the smallness that you might feel when you're in these conversations and in these rooms, and how to learn to show up powerfully, even if you feel a little bit doubtful and even if you feel a little bit insecure. Confidence and your voice are like muscles no matter what your starting point is, no matter whether you're genetically gifted or not, you can get stronger. And it is my goal through this program to spend six months from you and see you through the journey 
from doubting yourself and being a wallflower and not being part of the conversation to bringing out your full potential, speaking powerfully, entering into those rooms, knowing that you will know exactly how to express yourself and exactly what to say. We're going to be covering six topics together during the six months. We'll be diving deep into confidence, assertiveness, executive presence, how to command a room, owning your voice, and badass leadership. And you can learn more about the program and you can see the entire curriculum on my website by going to justgazetcoaching.com slash academy. That is where you'll find all of the details where you can secure your spot. And if now is the time for you to double down on your professional development and really take your next step in your journey of becoming a leader, I would love to welcome you into the program and I will see you inside. I will drop the link below. That's jessgesitcoaching.com slash academy. And now I'm going to dive into a topic that's one of my favorite topics, one of the topics that I struggled by far the most with in my nine to five career, and one that I felt really proud to have mastered after spending so much time struggling with it. And that topic is assertiveness. And one thing that's super fascinating about assertiveness, and I think might help you have a light bulb moment, is that there is a direct relationship between how confident you feel about yourself and how easy it is to be assertive in a professional setting. So when your confidence is high, assertiveness tends to feel easier. And when your confidence is not as high, assertiveness tends to feel harder. This is why if you look at the curriculum for the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you will see that we spend the first month diving into confidence before we cover assertiveness, because without an understanding of what you're experiencing inside internally, it's really hard to understand why assertiveness can feel so difficult. And it's hard to understand the internal experience you're having when you get pushed back in a meeting, when someone gives you critical feedback, and all of a sudden you feel really icky inside and you feel like you want to run or you feel like you want to shrink away and shrivel up, or maybe you start noticing that you're feeling defensive. When you understand your inner landscape and what you are feeling about yourself inside, it's going to help you have a deeper understanding of why assertiveness feels so uncomfortable and so scary and so shaky at times. And in this episode, I'm going to start breaking that down for you to really help you understand this and have the awareness that you need to navigate these difficult conversations at work. And then in the second part to this, because I'm doing this episode in two parts because there's so much here, it would be like such information overload if it was one episode. But in the second part, then I'm going to move into the tools and a framework to help you think about navigating conversations where you need to speak with an assertive voice. Now, to keep this episode really simple, I'm going to go with a narrow and specific definition of assertiveness. And this isn't the only definition. There are other types of assertiveness, and it can look different ways. And I will go into that in future episodes. It's something that I'm going to be covering in a lot of detail inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. But for today's purposes and today's episode, I'm going to pick the one that is most relevant, most important, and comes up most often. (laughs) And is also, I think, it was most challenging for me. And so it might be the most challenging for you. And the definition that I'm going to focus on in these episodes is assertiveness is when you get some kind of pushback, question, critical feedback, or someone is pressure testing 
something that you have shared, a suggestion that you have made, a piece of work that you are sharing. Whenever you put something out and someone challenges it or tells you you're wrong or thinks that they found a mistake or is saying that they have a better way and you need to respond and you need to respond in a way that defends your perspective and helps you hold strong to your point of view, that is the skill of assertiveness. And it is absolutely 5,000% an essential skill if you want to become a leader and handle more complexity. Because part of the leadership toolkit and part of the responsibilities that you hold as a leader is to be able to push things forward and get things done. And people are not going to agree with your methods. They're not going to agree with your perspective 100% of the time. You need to be able to navigate these challenging conversations with maturity and with finesse because those conversations are what are going to help you get certain pieces of work over the line. So there will be a direct correlation between how good and solid your assertiveness skills are and the level and complexity of work that you are able to deliver. Without the ability to be assertive and to navigate a conversation where people are challenging you or people aren't buying into what you're saying or people disagree, without the ability to navigate that conversation, you're going to reach a plateau in terms of the level of complexity of the type of work that you can get done. So you can do straightforward work that doesn't require a lot of debate and doesn't require a lot of different opinions, right? You'll be able to get that kind of more straightforward work done. But the more complicated work, the complex work, the work that requires deeper thinking and more leadership, that type of work is inherently going to have more stakeholders, more opinions, more ambiguity, more complexity, which means you as the leader of that type of work need to know how to navigate all of that in order to get the work done. And assertiveness is the skill that helps you navigate it. So as I'm sure you can tell, and as I'm sure you're starting to sense, it is a really important skill to develop, especially for the more like senior and management positions that you're hopefully going to attain in your career. And the flip side of it is that it can be a very hard skill to develop, especially if your confidence is feeling shaky. So I'm going to break down in this episode why the skill is so hard, both from an emotional inner level and also from a very practical level. And then in the next part, like I said, then I'm going to sort of give you the so what. So then how do I move forward from this being so hard? And how can I handle these conversations? I suggest you listen to both parts one and part two, because even though I'm giving you the how and the framework and the kind of the steps in part two, when you understand your own inner workings and you understand why I'm giving you those steps you will be able to internalize them and implement them and embrace them much more quickly. So this is as important as part two. And I'm going to start with the reasons why assertiveness feels so hard at an emotional level. And this requires us to enter into a conversation about insecurities and not feeling strong and solid and confident in your capabilities at work. And I'm going to share this with you 
by using myself as an example. And you can use me and my story to find similarities that might apply to you. Because I think this is much easier to learn by example, rather than me just like spewing concepts and talking at you. So when I was in my very first job, I felt deeply insecure about my capabilities. I wish there was a word more dramatic than deeply because that doesn't really feel adequate to cover it. I was terrified. And this feeling that I experienced of being terrified was heightened by the fact that not only did I feel terrified that I wasn't good enough and did I feel deeply afraid and deeply insecure that I lacked the skills to succeed, but I also deeply wanted to succeed. I was very ambitious. So that created a ton of pressure where I wanted something so badly and was so doubtful and fearful about my capabilities and my ability to attain it, which resulted in a lot of pressure and a lot of bad feelings and a lot of inner stress. Now, to help you understand how I was feeling and my relationship with assertiveness, I want us to use this idea of like a three-legged stool or a little table. And what really helps me articulate this piece is thinking of a three-legged stool that is really solid and is really well-built versus a three-legged stool that is really wobbly and delicate and feels like if you sit on it, it is about to break. So inside, in my psyche, in my heart, at that time in my career, I felt like a wobbly stool. I looked maybe from the outside like everything was fine, but if someone sat on me, I would break. And I think a lot of you have felt this feeling too or feel this feeling of like you're hiding something. On the surface, your boss and your colleagues and your coworkers think that you're really good at your job, but if they actually learn the truth, if they actually sit on the stool, they're going to see that the stool will break and they're going to be like, fuck this stool. I don't want this stool. Let's get rid of this stool, right? And you might have a fear that you'll be discarded or outed or fired or that you won't be able to attain what you want on your professional trajectory because you feel like a wobbly stool. I felt like a wobbly stool. Now, the way that I coped psychologically with feeling wobbly was to make sure that, okay, if I'm a wobbly stool and people can't sit on me or I don't want people to sit on me or I feel scared that I'm going to break if people sit on me, I at least want to make sure that I look really, really pretty. So in the stool analogy, that looked like me sanding the stool to make sure the wood was really smooth and shiny, painting it with a beautiful coat of paint and being like, okay, I'm going to look so perfect and I'm going to be so pristine because hopefully that will detract attention away from how damn wobbly I am. And so what that meant for me in real life was that in my professional environment, I adopted a very pleasing exterior. This looked like fake niceness, lots of people pleasing, lots of agreeing with people, lots of yes, 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 yes. I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. Right. I really wanted that stool to look pristine, not because I felt confident, but because of the opposite, because I felt wobbly. I was compensating for the wobbliness by trying to have a really pleasing exterior. And so When I was asked to be more assertive, this presented me with a crisis. And for context, 
one of the first pieces of feedback I got was to be more assertive. I freaked out. This caused me a lot of stress. And one of the reasons for that was because I was using pleasing others and being friendly and being agreeable as a way to compensate for some of the insecurities that I was feeling deep inside. So it was as if I was a wobbly stool and me being told that I need to be more assertive to show people that I have stronger leadership skills. That was as if they were telling me to rip all the beautiful paint off the stool and take off the sanding and have this rough, splintery stool. And I was thinking like, well, I can't be direct and I can't disagree and I can't have my stool be like not pretty on the outside because it's wobbly. (laughs) And if I'm wobbly and my stool is like ugly AF, like what do I have to offer? What is my value here? And so it really represented... A, I don't want to use the word threat, but a challenge to my own inner sense of stability. And this might be something that you feel or you experience if you find assertiveness to be really, really hard. When you feel solid in your capabilities, in your own thinking, in the fact that you belong in your role, then you are a solid stool. You are anchored into the ground. And if someone comes and tries to shake you, the stool is not going to break. You are not going to break. But if you feel wobbly, if you're a wobbly stool and someone starts shaking you up, you are going to feel fragile and delicate. And that experience can feel quite challenging and quite threatening and very difficult to navigate. And so with assertiveness, it's not just about learning the right words. And it's not just about having the language and understanding how to navigate a conversation where people are disagreeing with you, although that's what I'm going to dive into in part two. But it's also about building up the inner strength and the inner stamina to know that you have what it takes to succeed in your job. And even if you feel insecure right now and you feel like you're not there right now, you can get to a point where your belief that you can do it and that you are good enough and that you have the capabilities, you will get to a point where that belief in yourself will eclipse all the doubt and you'll be like, yeah, I doubt myself sometimes, but most of the time I know that I can do my job and I know how to bring myself back to that truth. You will get there. I was able to get there and I have absolute faith that you will get there. I've walked a lot of women there. Belief change and growth is real. And it's something that you can experience. However, when you're on the journey from doubting yourself most of the time to believing in yourself most of the time, and you're on that journey to trusting in your capabilities, in the middle, you are still going to feel wobbly. This is not a switch that you flip, but rather a habit that you develop and a commitment that you make to yourself. And the commitment that you need to make to yourself is to be watchful and have a a very watchful eye out for any time you feel a wave of wobbliness. We're going to call it a wave of wobbliness because I love the alliteration. That's so fun, right? So you need to be on the lookout for any time you feel a wave of wobbliness. And your job, your only job when you feel that wave is to remind yourself that it's just a wave. And whatever feeling that you are feeling about your own capabilities and however wobbly that stool feels, it's just a feeling. 
And if you can tolerate that, weather that, ride that wave and still take everything that I'm sharing in these episodes and apply it, over time, the waves will not feel so big. But the key here is when you feel a wave of wobbliness, a jolt of imposter syndrome, that that awful feeling of like, maybe I really don't belong here. I messed this up. They're challenging my work. They're telling me it's wrong. When you feel that awful feeling, your one goal is not to get overtaken by the wave, right? So if you think of waves in the ocean, if there's a really big wave that comes and you allow the wave to just have its way with you, You're going to get really whipped around by that wave. It's just going to feel so challenging and so scary and so hard to manage. But if you know how to surf, you can ride that wave knowing that eventually the wave is going to subside and you're going to be in calm waters. But you do have to remind yourself right now we're in the wave. We have a wave of wobbliness and All we need to do is keep moving forward. This is what builds the confidence. This is where the change happens. It's being in those hard moments, those stuck moments, those scary moments, those awful feeling moments, and being determined not to crumble, not to spiral down, not to give up, but instead to show up as best you can and with whatever level of confidence and strength you are able to muster through that wave in that moment. It is truly as simple as that but like many of the things I talk about and like so much of the inner work, it is simple, but not easy. So that is what I really wanted to convey to you around assertiveness and why it's difficult. It's because your wobbly foundation, if you feel wobbly, is being shaken, which means that every time someone challenges your work or pressure tests something of yours, you are probably going to experience a wave of wobbliness because that is them putting their hand on the stool and shaking it, and it's activating some of your fears and your doubts about yourself. Now, what's important for me to share here is nothing is wrong with that. Nothing is wrong with you. That is just what the situation is. And with your understanding of it, you now get to commit to navigating it with determination and resilience, and most importantly, a ton of self-compassion. So that is the first thing that I want to share with you, a deeper understanding of the relationship between assertiveness and your own inner belief in your capabilities, right? We can call it the relationship between assertiveness and imposter syndrome, or the relationship between assertiveness and confidence, or the relationship between assertiveness and worthiness. You can pick whatever word you want, but the more solid that you learn to feel in yourself and the more you learn to ride those waves the less those wobbles are going to freak you out and the less those wobbles are going to cause the stool to collapse. That is the first thing that I want to share. The second thing that I want to share is on a very tactical, practical level, why is assertiveness so hard at work? And it is because you are being asked to do ninja level communication. So when you're communicating at work, You need people to understand what you're saying. You need people to listen to you. Often you need people to agree with you. With assertiveness, you have to do all those things and you have to win over people that are already not agreeing with you. They have expressed to you that they don't agree with or they don't like what you're doing or the way you're doing it or the way you're proposing doing a project, like whatever the thing is they have expressed 
their disagreement or maybe they're asking a question that's kind of shaking the foundation of it. And for me, what this is really like is it's as if you are a performer in a stadium, you might be noticing that I love using stadiums as an analogy. They're so useful. But it's like, let's say you are Lady Gaga. If you have to perform a concert to your best fans, Yes, it's still going to be challenging, right? Like a concert can be very exhausting for the artist because it requires a lot of energy. And, you know, it's a big demand on the artist to do a a big concert, perform a big stadium. But it's not going to be nearly as difficult as if Lady Gaga has to deliver a concert to a stadium full of people who hate her genre of music, right? And she has to get really good reviews from them. That's just a whole other level of challenge because she's not preaching to the choir. She's not playing to her fans. She's playing to people who aren't her fans. And I want you to remember that when you're in a conversation at work, in a corporate setting, in a nine-to-five setting, and you are asserting something, I want you to remember that your ultimate goal is not to be right and not to be the person who's right. Your bigger goal is to get everyone on board with you. And that is much more challenging to do when people have expressed to you that they're not on board. Assertiveness, what it really is, is an exercise in collaboration amidst unfavorable circumstances. And for you to be a ninja at your job and masterful at your job, you have to be able to collaborate and win people over even when they are expressing to you that they do not want to be won over. You can't make that a problem in your mind. Otherwise, you will limit your problem solving and you will limit the complexity of problems that and projects that you can handle and you will limit what types of conversations and disagreements you are able to navigate with grace. And so what you're trying to do with assertiveness is win over your audience is to get to that deeper level of collaboration with those who disagree with you. And that is an incredibly difficult thing to do. That is why it's a ninja level communication skill. Because in addition to all of the challenges that come with speaking up when people are agreeing with you, right? When people aren't pushing back, you also have that pressure and that disagreement that you have to navigate on top of it. But the flip side of it is that when you do it really well, you demonstrate a level of maturity and you demonstrate that you can handle a very high level of complexity, which really creates trust in the leaders and executives around you that they can make a bet on you and support you for bigger and more complicated things. So even though it's super hard to be Lady Gaga and play for a stadium full of people that hate your music and have to get them to love your music, when you do that and when you overcome that feat, you will reap the benefits. Now, suddenly, all of the country fans are obsessed with Lady Gaga, and her career is that much more successful, right? Similarly, when you learn how to do this really hard thing, you will reap the benefits. You will be seen as a leader. You will be seen as highly capable. And if you can become a ninja-level communicator and a ninja-level collaborator and ninja-level at assertiveness, the potential of what you can do in a professional setting will get really, really high. Because the higher roles that you're going to do, like the the leadership roles and all of that, it's not that you're going to do more work because you're going to have a team doing work. Like you only have so many hours in the day, right? It's not like you're going to have to gain some technical skills that you don't have right now. Like your technical skills are also going to plateau. 
The new thing that you're going to need are the leadership skills because it's not that your hours are going to increase and it's not that your technical skills are going to increase. It's that the complexity of what you are being asked to deliver is going to increase. And your communication skills, especially assertiveness, are going to be one of the linchpins that help you navigate that new level of complexity. This is why part two is so important because I'm going to walk you through how to think about an assertive voice and what to do in conversations where you do need to assert yourself, where someone is disagreeing, where they're questioning your work, maybe they found a mistake, maybe they're giving you critical feedback and your stool is wobbling and you're like, a wave of wobbliness has overtaken me. Please help me, Jessica. I've got you. That's what part two is all about. So stay tuned this week. I'm going to drop the second part this week also. And you can go deeper into this and make your communication skills and your assertiveness skills that much stronger. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for making it to this point in the podcast. And I'm looking forward to you listening to the second part and putting all of this into action. And if you're wanting to go deeper and you're ready to spend six months with me building your communication skills, I would love to invite you to join me inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy which I will link below in the show notes, or you can find it by going to jessgazicoaching.com slash academy. These skills, knowing how to be in these rooms and navigate not just what to say, but navigate your own inner feelings so that your fears and insecurities don't get in the way of you becoming an effective communicator. That is essential for your career progression. And once you learn how to do that, you are going to feel so much more in control in your career because meetings are not going to feel like these scary, horrible things that are like so triggering and make you want to hide and that you just want to be quiet throughout the entire meeting. Meetings are going to be another place where you show people how good you are. And not only does that feel really freaking good and fun and powerful, but that is how you get yourself on a career trajectory where you're going to advance more quickly and step into roles of leadership. It would be my honor to guide you on this journey. And I would love to see you inside the program if the timing is right for you. I will drop all of the information below and enrollment for the academy will be open for the next two weeks or until the cohort fills up, whichever one happens sooner. So if you're thinking about it, check out my website. And if you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm going to be doing a Q&A episode about the Art of Speaking Up Academy. So if you DM me on Instagram and submit a question, I will answer it on the podcast. And of course, I'm happy to talk to you about it also. But other people might have the same question you have. So I will be doing a Q&A episode next week to chat about the program and help you figure out if it's the right next step for you. All right. Thank you for tuning in. I will leave my contact info in the show notes. As always, I've been much more active on Instagram lately, so I'll drop my IG handle below and I will catch you in part two. Bye.